Hi, this is the UX Growth Podcast, a podcast that helps people learn and grow in the UX design industry. I'm your host, McMahon. I'm here with another guest of season one with Max Spiker. He is a scientist, researcher, and designer based in Barcelona. He's the director of product design at Best Secret Group. Thank you for being here, Max. Thank you for having me. Yes, let's begin by tell us a bit about your background. How'd you get to the place you are today? I think like many people in the UX field, I have um, kind of a weird background. So um, I started building websites. So I, th I guess it all started like in the very, very early 2000s when the uh, internet was still really exciting. Uh, I was a teenager back then, um, just started playing around with computers, uh, started building websites, um, you know, back in the time when you still had uh, webmasters that basically took care of everything. The, graphic design, the interaction design, if you could call that interaction design, uh, the programming. Um, so I would do that stuff, learn HTML, learn some CSS, some JavaScript. Um, and that ultimately prompted me to uh, study computer science. Because at that time, I, I believed like, I like doing websites. And if I want to continue doing websites, I should maybe study computer science, which was not like 100% accurate, but it was definitely a good decision. Because um, having a good understanding of computers, computer architecture, programming, that is, I mean, it's, it's the basis for anything that has to do with the two products, right? So um, I studied computer science in, in my bachelor's, and then I uh, continued um, with a master's studies in, in Zurich, in, in Switzerland. And uh, that's, that's where things um, got kind of interesting because mm -hmm. I started working as a student assistant at a um, research lab there that was called the Global Information Systems Group, I believe. So um, not really a telling name, but they were doing human-computer interaction. They were doing human-computer interaction and that's where I got involved in the first um, projects <clears throat> and ultimately also ended up writing my master's thesis, which was kind of the first really serious UX design project that I did because it was concerned with how can we adapt websites that were designed for desktop computers to mobile touch devices, which was still a relatively new thing in 2011. Um, how could we do that automatically by just looking at user interactions, right? So um, enlarging the parts of a website where users would zoom in, enlarging the touch area of, of links where people usually just like mm -hmm. miss them by just a tad bit because you have the fat finger problem <laughs> on touch devices sometimes. Um, and that's kind of like how I drifted in, into that direction. And I was still programming a lot, but I also started doing um, prototypes and uh, thinking about interfaces and information architectures and doing my first real user research, right? So uh, programming something, giving it to users, then um, hearing them tell you how bad it is and uh, seeing how you can how you can iterate on that. Um, and yeah, things then kind of like, I wouldn't say spun out of control from there, but um, I kind of like left the path of computer science a little bit and then followed uh, more in, in that direction. And uh, did a PhD afterwards, uh, which was also still in computer science officially, but um, a very human, human computer interaction centered uh, topic. Uh, did a lot of user research with machine learning models um, as wow. well. And 
then I somehow decided that that's what I wanted to continue to do. And now I'm, uh, I've ended up as a director of product design, uh, not as a director of software engineering or something. Yeah. Wow. I know I'm always so fascinated to hear the journeys of how people get into this industry, just because there is no one way. Yeah. It's just, and it's interesting. It's interesting yeah. because I'm basically back at the point that I wanted to be right. When you would ask like my 13, 14 year old self, he was there like making websites is awesome. I, I love making websites. I want to make websites for a living. And then at first I kind of like made the wrong decision in a way by studying mm -hmm. computer science. But now I'm back at leading a team that is actually building awesome digital products. So mm -hmm. that's cool. <laughs> I know. I feel. I feel like there's always these like what if questions that we have with ourselves. Like when we go into it, you know, it's like, like I, I graduated from graphic design, and there are parts of me I felt like maybe I should have done with marketing, just because it feels like there's like more, feels more grander in the, this the scheme of things. Because I was wanting to work in ad agencies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and through the process of that. And then I got into web design because that was uh, the agency I worked at specialized in SEO, which is search engine optimization. And that's primarily with websites. So I learned a lot from there. And then I, I would say is that I felt like I just got bored of it all. And I feel like UX design was the next challenge because it had that components that I learned and liked, but it felt like so much more. It felt like such a grander scheme of that goes beyond just websites. It also does with apps and even a lot of like our, you know, in real life interactions about how we are using things as humans. Absolutely. And um, so funny enough, like my very first job as a, as a student assistant was also in search. Uh, search engine uh, optimization <laughs> also got kind of bored uh, of that uh, also also at an agency um, but yeah I'm also always fascinated about like what kinds of completely entirely different trajectories you can have and you still end up working in the same field just because you're well somewhat uh, fascinated by the human psyche also right because yeah. in the end ux design is very much psychology and uh, i just find that very interesting and very fascinating yeah i know i know i there, i know i'm so big into like psychology it's kind of funny that i've never took a formal class in that subject either <laughs> yeah me neither oh wow wow that's a, that's a very traditional, incredibly, traditional, yeah. traditional computer scientist like i could tell you a lot of oh stuff about like how operating systems work and uh complexity theory and uh np hard problems and all that stuff that i don't need anymore today but yeah no no psychology classes there interestingly yeah so tell us what exactly does a director of product design do um i'm a coach oh. i usually like to describe so um i have a great team of American football players, if you want to use that analogy or uh, metaphor, and I'm the coach. So I have, I have a bunch of people that are definitely way better at design than me, like in the craft, uh, definitely. And um, I just uh, make sure that they use the playbook in the best way possible. Mm. to deliver the, the greatest results. So, um, of course, I am still involved in, in some operational stuff, right? Uh, user research, um, 
sketching things, uh, brainstorming, doing ideation workshops. You should never get like decoupled from that. But I really the majority of the of the day to day design work is done by my team, and I just make sure that there aren't any roadblocks that they can do their best work, that they can uh, learn and develop and uh, become better designers, that they like to work in the team, in the environment, in the company as a whole. Um, I co coordinate a lot with uh, product management and engineering, of course, because in the end, what a designer does is always a team effort where you can never like do things on your own. You always have to work with product management and, uh, and engineering people. and. Yeah, that's that's mainly what I do. I'm a, I'm a coach. I'm a football coach, and I have a pretty great. Yeah, yeah no, I to I totally get where that comes from because I actually uh, taught web design for one year at a high school, and it did felt like I was felt like a coach to them because it wasn't really so much about learning the principles of the HTML and CSS and how websites work. A lot of it was this getting them to believe in themselves that they can learn this. Exactly. Um, it's basically teaching people the right mindset, right? Yeah. You need this growth mindset that you that you're basically able to to learn anything, and also uh, work together with the team to see where um, like strengths and weaknesses are, like in the team as a whole, and also for the for the individual team members, and then see how um, you can work with that uh, and on that, right? For um, mm -hmm. you know learning and development and continuous growth because some people are very strong visually, but maybe, um, yeah, like some experience in information architecture or mm -hmm. the more uh, wireframey paper prototypey stuff. And then other people have um, different strengths, right? I mean, we're all T-shaped, uh, T-shaped in yeah. the end. And um, yeah, to see how that fits together and how people can develop into the direction that they want to develop into. That's, that's mostly my job. Yeah, and wow. a lot of politics and a lot of politics, which is mm -hmm. can be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's something that like you don't really learn that, you know, going, you know, before going into that something kind of just need to you experience it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's that's also very um, I mean, a lot of the methods uh, that's basically design thinking, right? Applying the methods of traditional, more traditional design um, uh, disciplines to, to to different kinds of principles, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, um, I have the feeling that I'm designing a team because um, when I when I joined the company, we were only three, and and now we're seven, so we're also um, growing a lot. And I feel that I'm kind of like designing a team and I'm designing the interactions between that design team and the other teams in the company. And that's just um, a whole different kind of design with a different user set because the, 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 the users that I'm dealing with uh, are the stakeholders, right? Uh, the, mm -hmm. the other directors, product management directors, engineering directors, board of directors, and all of these people, but you can um, apply a lot of the same principles, right? Empathy understanding your users, understanding your customers, finding out what their pain points and problems and needs are, and then uh, looking at how you can, yeah, design all the interactions uh, accordingly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know, to do all that, there's got to be a lot of different tools and resources to make that happen. So I'm wondering, what are some of your favorite tools and resources? Tools and resources. Um, Depends on <laughs> what I want to look into. So I read, I read a lot. Um, I read a lot because I believe there's a lot of great 
people out there writing a lot of great stuff that you just have to discover, right? I mean, we have mm -hmm. like the, the UX design community worldwide and the leadership community um, is, is so huge and people have like all these experience that they, that they write about. So I try to read a lot on uh, Medium, on um, Substack, yep. on, uh, on Hacker Noon, uh, just to discover these really great stories with the cool insights that that I can um, that I can learn from. So I'm currently so current example would be uh, it's a series of essays on design management that was written by Mark Rettig. Uh, I don't know if you do you know Mark Rettig? Um, your name sounds familiar. I, I do I read a lot. He's a he's an adjunct professor with uh, Carnegie Mellon University, and he published the original paper prototyping paper in Communications of the ACM in '94. Oh wow! So you could say the guy invented. I don't know if the guy. I believe you could claim that he invented paper prototyping. He's um, he's written a great series of essays on on design management that I'm currently reading and mm -hmm. where I'm learning like a lot from because the guy just has um, crazy experience in that field. So just um, yeah, browsing around in the internet on the on the uh, common pages, trying trying to find good articles. I just uh, love to do that. Then uh, of course also books. Um, can basically recommend anything that Don Norman writes or uh, Alan Cooper. Um, about face, uh, Alan Cooper's About Face is probably the single most important book in interaction design that I learned. Mm like 90% of the of the craft from right from user research to personas to interaction design to um, the more visual stuff that's all covered in there so that's definitely a great thing um, if you want to learn about the bigger scheme of things definitely the design of everyday things by Don Norman so these two books are like total must reads if you yeah, want to write the absolute classics yeah in that field um, other than that when we're talking about the more designy stuff um i would say i try to find inspiration in other disciplines really mm. so i'm not the one who would browse around on dribble looking for cool screens if i want to if i want to get inspired but i try to look at um, architecture a lot because there have been and are uh, a lot of great great architects and um many of the design methods and tools that we're working with today in the digital industry originated in architecture right human-centered design first came from architecture design thinking first came from architecture and then we adapted that basically for digital products so i try to uh, try to look there i live in barcelona now so i'm <laughs> looking a lot into the works of um gaudi sagrada familia mm. casa mila and that's um awesome stuff and uh one important thing that I learned is that Gaudi drew a lot of his inspiration from nature. He just like looked at how does nature do things. And I'm right now kind of thinking, what can we learn from nature for UX design? Like how can we, how can how could we incorporate that? That's probably that's probably an interesting thought that you don't find on Dribble. Um, yeah. And then the last one, and then I'm done, uh, game design. Mm. Game design is a great source of inspiration because designing a well-balanced intuitive video game that is a great experience is a much greater challenge than designing and uh, i don't want to say average website but um there's a lot of principles that we can apply to mm -hmm. to our craft if we look at game design right how can we make people understand 
interactions without explicit tutorials? How can we ensure learnability? How can we uh, bring micro interactions into into the interfaces that we design? Um, stuff like that. That's definitely uh, there's there's a lot of great YouTube channels on game design that people can check out to learn about design principles. Yeah, like wow, that was a lot of great information. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. that. And I yeah, I absolutely agree with video design, especially like with the tutorials of how and the way they progress and they and like how can they help you, but they don't want to help you too much. That feels like that, you know, like there's like there's gotta be a core balance between the two, as well as how other video games work. Like, do you know, if like there's something red, does it explode? Does and does it create fire? Does it hurt me? You know, like is there fall damage? You know, some games don't always follow the same logic. Yeah. It's always very fascinating to find out. Exactly. And this uh, this balance that you just mentioned, that's the um, I believe it's called the IKEA effect, right? When when oh. things are too difficult, people get frustrated and give up. But then again, when things are too boring and too easy, right? People get so bored challenge. and also give up. So you have to find the sweet spot in the middle. And I believe that's true for video game design as much as it is for um, the design of digital products, uh, UX mm -hmm. design. Yeah, there's a, there's a great YouTube channel. It's um, called Game Makers Toolkit. I love that one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, lot, lots of great stuff there. So, wow. So if you had to start your career over again, what would you do differently? <laughs> I have thought about that. Um, so, yeah. So as I said before, um, at some point in my career, I had the feeling that computer science, to study computer science was probably the wrong choice for me because it brought me farther away from this whole web design stuff that, that I actually wanted to do, right? That I was doing, that I was doing as a teenager. So at some point I'm, I have to admit that I, I might have been thinking maybe I should have studied design um, instead of computer science, uh, which I don't think anymore because I believe that computer science has given me a very unique perspective on things that I would not have if I hadn't studied computer science. Also, it is so good to be able to just code your own stuff. It's like everybody needs to learn to program. Like if you're, if you're a designer and you don't know how to code, learn to code. It is so useful, just do it. Um, so I definitely wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't um, study design or, or any kind of specific, specific design program because um, I believe if I had studied like uh, traditional communication design or something like that, I would have never, slipped into this first human computer interaction research project that I did during my master's in Switzerland. And um, I would have never gotten in touch with this whole human computer interaction community that you have in the academic realm, right? Mm -hmm. um, which is also great because there's conferences where people present stuff where you know that's going to become the next big thing in UX design in the next five, five to 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I did a postdoc in um, Michigan and we were basically doing research on how can we adapt traditional methods of UX design to augmented reality, 
which is amazing, right? So we, we basically, we did the equivalent of paper prototyping for augmented reality. And then we published research papers about that, right? There's like, I don't know if there's a company in the world that right now does paper prototyping for developing um, augmented reality uh, products. Yeah, at, least so. not, <laughs> at least not on a large scale. There might be, there might mm -hmm. be some, there might be some, but it's, it's, not, it's not mainstream, right? But it has to mm -hmm. become mainstream at some point when, when augmented reality applications beca become mainstream. And that's also given me a lot of really cool insights and inspiration because when you're familiar with all these scientific conferences where the human computer interaction research is published, you basically get to know the stuff that might be really cool in five years time that nobody else knows about. So I can also only encourage anyone to uh, check, out, check out those. Uh, there's an ACM conference. So ACM is association for for computing or association of uh, computing machinery. Uh, they have a conference that's called um, Conference on Human Factors in Computing Systems. And that's usually where all the super fancy, researchy, cutting edge UX design stuff happens. Wow. And I wouldn't, I would have never gotten to know all of the stuff if I hadn't studied computer science. So if now, <laughs> now comes the but, but if you would force me to decide I can't study computer science anymore and I have to start over and I can't study computer science, I have to study something mm -hmm. else, I would study architecture. Yeah, wow. I know there's always a lot of what ifs, but also it's like, yeah. it's always hard to judge opportunities that can present itself without actually knowing what they are, you know? Absolutely. That's why it's always like, it's hard to have the, the I, I struggle with this with having the abundance mindset that there's always opportunities everywhere you look and there's always coming. And okay, it's, so some, some people, some people are going to hate me for this. If I say this, um, it might be an unpopular opinion, but I think you do not have to study design. Design is a thing that can very well be, it's not easy. Design is, is not easy. You have, and you have to learn a lot, but I believe that design is a thing that you can very well learn outside of, uh, uh universities. Right. And, oh, I, um, I agree you could you i think it's it's always cool to have the opportunity to study somewhere something else that then gives you a unique perspective on design mm -hmm. and uh i have in fact written an article for the next web a while ago that's also uh titled like how how to become a ux designer no matter what you studied at university because i believe you can basically study anything and still become a designer and um it might even be good if you haven't studied design because you have a unique perspective on things Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I absolutely agree with that because I know several graphic designers that have no formal education and they're doing just fine in the field. And I, I believe there's a lot of people who are doing that with UX design as well, like people who come from different backgrounds. Like I know people have come from like nurse backgrounds, lawyer backgrounds, and it's not always the most directly translated, but that doesn't mean that you can't learn new things. And I mean, there's a lot of fantastic UX designers that have studied UX design or some kind of mm -hmm. similar program. And I know a lot of awesome designers that have studied design, but I think they would be just as awesome if they had studied something else. Even, though I, maybe wouldn't, even though I maybe wouldn't know them. So that would be sad. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like being able to learn and apply knowledge is a serious skill set. And there's some people who just come to it naturally than others. Yeah. So, yeah, well, yeah. Um, 
I believe that anybody can learn anything. Oh, yeah. And I don't really believe in some things come more natural than others. It's just people have different strengths and weaknesses and they have to discover and acknowledge these and then work with them. But in the end, anybody can, can learn anything. Yeah, and that's, I... that's the amazing thing, right? Mm-hmm. I was yeah I I would I would rephrase uh, rephrase rephrase what I said is everyone everyone can learn it's like everyone learns in different ways and they're passionate about different things absolutely absolutely and then some things go faster and some things go slower but in the end you can really learn anything if you put in the effort if you're willing to put in the effort I mean that's that's a given right if you're willing mm-hmm. to put in the effort if you're willing to fail and if you're willing to iterate mm-hmm. yes. I have iterated over volleyball a lot and I still can't really properly play volleyball, but I believe I can still learn how to play volleyball. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I know. I, <laughs> yeah, sports is something that goes over my head about, like, I love watching it and I, I love the, like the training and the mindset it takes to succeed in it, but man, I cannot do any of that. But you could. Just put I, I mean, I could if I was like super passionate about doing it. It's just unfortunate. It's like there's just other things in my life that are more, I'm more, uh, find more enjoyable. Which is perfectly fine. We can't all be passionate about everything, right? That, that is true. Exhausting. That would be mm-hmm. quite exhausting. Yeah. So, what advice would you have someone who wants to get into UX design? Say, for example, who wants to be on your team? I find a foundational understand so i personally like when i when you say like wants to be on my team so what i what i personally um value is i think it is extremely important to have a very good foundational understanding of design it's much more important to know that design is not a process right design design can can never mm-hmm. be squeezed into a process read the design of everyday things um stuff like that that design is mostly research and not what people usually think design is, right? Mm-hmm. And um, a foundational understanding of these things, I believe, is much more important than have like than having like super polished skills in crafting fancy designs, because mm-hmm. you can have a super fancy looking design that's inspired by a lot of fancy screens on Dribble, but if the foundation is missing, if it doesn't really solve a user problem or you've done user research, but the user research has been really shallow, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, you've done like three qualitative interviews and then you've made personas from these and then your screen is based on these personas. Like you can't make personas from three qualitative interviews. That's impossible. Personas are quantitative, right? Um, so get the fundamental stride, really understand design, really understand where things are coming from, where the methods are coming from, right? What I said before, that a lot of the tools and toolkits that we use in UX design um, originally come from architecture. Um, read about that stuff because that gives you a very good feeling about like how things can be applied to different disciplines which is then again, the essence, the essence of design thinking. So I believe a foundational understanding is, is very important, right? What, what are the different kinds, how you, can, how you can do design? What is foundational research? What is directional research? Why is research so important? Um, that's also why I don't, I don't pay too much attention to portfolios, right? Some attention, absolutely. Um, but not necessarily to the to the visual part. And I mean, this is this is the thing that also gets repeated over and over, right? 
in the portfolios. Um, so I do pay attention to portfolios, just like not too much. Um, in the portfolios, pay attention to the process. Like, uh, how did you end up with the solution that you have? How did, how did you get there? Why do you believe this is a great solution? How can you prove that this is a good solution, right? And I would very much more like, uh, I don't know, a sketch on a napkin that you put in your portfolio where you can really show me you've done the user research, you have shadowed people, you have really understood the problem, you have ruled out other problems, and then you had a range of solutions and you have you have arrived at this, at this sketch on a napkin that you believe is the perfect solution to this actual problem that you have dis discovered. That's a worth a lot more than super shiny fancy screens that follow the latest trends but you can't really explain what problem they solve um, that's important so before starting to polish things really um, read about where design comes from how design works why design is is not a process read don norman read alan cooper if you ever gonna have a job interview with me i'm probably gonna ask you about these guys <laughs> oh yeah man that's that's a good heads up on that as well as you know everyone where you should and uh, i'm gonna definitely be checking out some more of their work too i have dabbled in some of it but not not terribly so because yeah I, I like i read a lot in medium that's actually how i find a lot of my guests on this show just because i think there's a lot of interesting ideas i love to talk and share with them i know like they have like good writing to be able to share to others and try to be on a platform that helps elevate that sure that's that's why kind of like the biggest reason why i started this podcast yeah um the exception though is of course uh roles that require like very advanced visual craft of course you need mm -hmm. uh, you also need shiny polished things but um i mean there's there's a spectrum of designers right so there's like yeah. very very visual people that do like very very fancy visual stuff i mean you yourself come from come from graphic design mm -hmm. but if we're just talking about like um average t-shaped ux designer <laughs> what i just said um pretty much holds in in all the cases right foundational mm -hmm. understanding and process is probably much more important than uh, just producing fancy things that are supposed to impress people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Also, Max, what would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned in your career so far? The biggest lesson that I have learned in my career so far is um, the vast majority of us are doing things that are not a matter of life and death and jobs are just jobs so don't take yourself too seriously and just try to have a lot of fun mm, yeah i know a lot of, i know a lot of designers i need to hear that yeah and i've also learned that the hard way but i can definitely tell you that um yeah sometimes you have to learn it the hard way but uh don't get too too caught up and too passionate about things and jobs in particular and especially in design like i mean independent of the context that you're in in design it's it's sometimes important to just like take a step back and take a deep breath and go for a walk and think about things and then also realize that some things might not be 
as important as other things. Yeah, I can uh, concur about walking outside because like that prevents me from like making any actions based on emotion. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that is that is a very, very um, general lesson, of course. The other thing that I've learned in my career is um, really, and I've mentioned that before. So, um, because I... I come from computer science and, and I really didn't have a good understanding of, of what design is for a very long time, right? So that there was there was a time where I also thought design is make, making things beautiful, right? Design is essentially art. Um, one of the first things that I learned in my career when I got into design very seriously is that the largest part of design is research. Mm -hmm. Research and psychology and understanding humans, right? And the interface that comes out of that condensed understanding is really just the tip of the iceberg yeah. and never start with the tip of the iceberg always mm -hmm. start with the stuff that's underwater yeah absolutely i uh, yeah, agree because if you don't start with the research and do it well how are you going to come up with a, a solution to it if you you know then understand the problem yeah and uh, i've seen a lot of companies that work exactly the other way around. Start with the solution and then try to validate after the fact and that very often doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. So as we're drawing a close to this episode, what's the best way to reach out to you and be able to support whatever it is that you're doing, Max? Uh, best way to reach out to me is, uh, I don't know, probably via Twitter, as long as it still exists. <laughs> Everybody's, <laughs> making that. Everybody's making that joke right now. No, I do have a, a website, which is my first name, last name, so maxspiker.com. And uh, that is reasonably up to date and contains all the important information, including where you can get in touch with me if you want to talk to me about things or read some of the stuff that i'm writing yeah i yeah, keep I'm telling me i'm writing a lot of i'm writing a lot of stuff so obviously there's a lot to read um, yeah i completely agree with your writing because i really enjoyed it thank there's you a lot to learn from it that's nice to hear yeah so thank yeah all links of that will be found in the show notes so you can easily check out max's website and his writing so any closing words from like our audience to know about max um closing ah oh, famous last words that's that's all that's always so difficult um don't listen too much to what i've been saying uh i believe oh, wow. it's very important to go your own way so don't just try to blindly listen and uh, follow other people because if you just blindly copy what other people are doing you can never become better than those people right find your own perspective find your own unique way to look at things so don't listen to me just do your own thing and you'll end up as a great designer wow that i love that honesty <laughs> wow yeah of course so there's definitely are finding our own ways about how to do certain things yep I think this, like, these are all like, you know, tools and advice, and these are all things that you can apply to your life. And if it doesn't fit or work out for you, then, you know, it's okay to leave it and look for something else. Absolutely. Yeah. 
don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to iterate. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Max, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I feel very honored that you wanted to talk to me. That's, uh, that's really awesome. And we'll stay in touch. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, please do support our guests. And until then, you just listen to UX Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Mann. Thank you for listening.